All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. This is John Belheis, senior writer for BadgerBlitz.com, joined once again by John McNamara, the publisher of BadgerBlitz.com. Uh, it's been a little while since we had one of these as the, the Badger football team moves through the offseason. Uh, and uh, obviously, Wisconsin men's basketball is kind of uh, getting to the end of their regular season. But we're going to lead off with football today. Obviously, John, the biggest news that has come out of uh, the, the UW program during an offseason um, as long in, in a long time from what I can remember is uh, uh, the news that broke uh, middle of last week that Alex Hornerbrook uh, has decided to uh, to leave UW. He's going to finish out his uh, his degree in business and then transfer uh, somewhere else to go play uh, you know play his final year of college or college eligibility somewhere else. Uh, that was not what I expected. I, I thought there was a chance that you know he. Uh, might not be back with the team next year, but if that was the case, I was kind of expecting that it would be because you know he decided to, you know, uh, kind of hang it up uh, after the injuries that kind of derailed last season. Uh, so I guess I'm curious as to what you what, what was your take on this when uh, that news broke in the middle of last week? Yeah, like you said, you know, kind of fascinating news, and for me, it was uh, it was kind of like in the middle of my wife's contractions while uh, we were giving birth. <laughs> yeah, you had other things going on. Yes. I mean, I kind of had my phone on me. I guess it was a little bit before that. Um, but yeah, I mean, just just kind of out of the blue, um, you know, we, we found out that he was taking part in, in winter conditioning, winter drills. And then, you know, it was confirmed with a picture that came out of, you know, the, the condition that was going on on campus. And uh, yeah, you know, it was it was surprising. I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. You know, a multi-year starter who's won a lot of games at Wisconsin, but at the same time, you know, the pulse of the fan base seems to be uh, not, I don't know, I want to say relieved, but, you know, really excited about, you know, what could happen this spring camp and kind of having a fresh start at that position. And, you know, a lot of that revolves around Graham Mertz, but, um, you know, for whatever reasons it was that, that caused Graham, or I'm sorry, Alex Hornerbook to transfer, it, it's certainly an intriguing story with fall camp just a couple of days away. Yeah, I, um, I, I'm, you know, we put up our uh, spring, pre- or the first of our spring preview series today, uh, you know, obviously leading off with, with quarterback. And I think the, the important thing for people to keep in mind is the Badgers go into, uh, into spring camp is that, you know, I, I don't know that it's reasonable for anyone to expect, you know, somebody like Graham Mertz to come in and just, you know, blow everybody away, you know, from, from day one of, uh, of spring camp. I mean, the, the, the thing that he has going for him, if you're, you know, one of those people that thinks that it's, it's Mertz or bust for, you know, who, whoever's going to be uh, starting games at quarterback for the Badgers this year. I mean, the, the thing that Mertz has going for him is that he's enrolling in the spring. And so he has this, you know, semester's worth of practice to, uh, you know, learn the playbook, uh, you know, get used to, you know, working at a college level, build some chemistry with the team, um, you know, and he'll have to work his way up. I, I'm, you know, in, in the depth chart that I put up there, uh, I, you know, said that uh, I expected him to be, you know, kind of that third string, um, you know, on day one behind Jack Cohn, who I, I put on that first line and then, you know, uh, kind of split the difference with uh, with Chase Wolf and uh, Danny Vandenboom and on that second uh, second team. But, you know, the, the nice thing is, is if you're a Mertz backer, he's here in the spring, he'll have time to develop. And then I think what you would expect would be, you know, kind of a, a learning process in this first semester. And then, you know, if you think that he's going to kind of make that leap, you would expect to see it in the fall after he's got a little bit of seasoning under his belt. Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, you, you talk about Graham Mertz and, you know, we've 
talked about him at length on podcasts. We've written about him and stuff like that. And, and I, it's all warranted, obviously, for for what he's bringing in. And you know, the the highest you know highest rated recruit at the quarterback position Wisconsin's ever brought in, and you know the hype surrounding him is legit. But you know, I can say for certain that you know. Alex Hornerbrook didn't look and say, wow, Graham Mertz, you know, this true freshman yeah. is going to beat me out. I better transfer. You know, that that's kind of the farthest thing from the truth. So, um, you know, I think in, in terms of timing with this Alex Hornerbrook transfer, I think it's, it's beneficial for Wisconsin to have this go down in the winter as opposed to maybe the summer because now you can give, you know, the four yeah. quarterbacks that you talked about, John, um, you know, they're all going to get more reps this spring with, you know, what you would imagine is a wide open quarterback competition. I think that kind of benefits that whole quarterback room. Yeah, I think so too. I'll be really, I'll be curious to see just what the, uh, the distribution of the reps looks like. I mean, obviously I think uh, we would be shocked if uh, Jack Cohn was not, you know, working with the first team offense for most of spring, seeing as uh, he, uh, you know, played in in relief of Hornerbrook during those five games that he was in there last year, and you know he's got that in game experience and playing when you know the the result is in doubt that the other guys on the roster just won't have, and so you know it'll it'll be really interesting to see just you know what the uh, you know. How Cohn looks. I mean, after his, uh, you know, it, 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 I know during the season uh, people were were fretting about him, uh, you know, burning the red shirt and playing in those games. And but you know, I, while you know it would be nice to have a another year of eligibility for him, you know, if if that's you know your end goal, I think the Badgers uh, are going to be pretty happy that he has some in-game experience if he's the guy that ends up. Um, you know, winning the job in the end, just because you're not going to be throwing somebody out there that's completely new to this, you know, starting uh, a college football game. And so I think that's really going to come back to, you know, work in Jack Cohn's favors. I mean, somebody that, I mean, Jack Cohn was a, a pretty uh, highly regarded quarterback prospect in his own right too. So I think the, the, the depth at the quarterback room and, you know, just the, the individual characteristics of the guys that are left there, I think is probably why, um, you know, I, I can't imagine a lot of teams would be, uh, you know, not freaking out and, you know, going to, you know, I don't know, burn down the, burn down the stadium if their starting quarterback with a year left, you know, had decided to transfer during the middle of the off season. But I think for, uh, for a lot of, um, people that are following the program, just the, the amount of guys that are in that room that I think you can kind of project on a little bit, I think that kind of reassures them. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned Jack Cohn. He was a highly rated guy in his own regard. So if you're if you're Jack Cohn going into the spring, your mentality has to be that you know this is my job to lose. You know I'm riding right. the momentum uh, of going and, and winning in the Pinstripe Bowl. I have the most experience here. Um, I would imagine you know he'll take that first rep with the first team offense when when spring camp opens in a couple of days. So yeah. um, you know with, if you're Jack Cohn, you have to be feeling very good about the opportunity that's ahead of you because, you know, I guess you'll probably be penciled in as the, as the top quarterback, even though I think it'll be a wide open competition, but uh, you know, you, you, you feel confident about yourself. And I think you're Jack Cohen. I think it's, you're probably going in thinking this is my job to lose. Yeah. And I think that uh, I, guys that I'm really, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm curious to see how uh, Mert handles himself and the reps that he does get in the spring. I think anybody would be, but I'm curious to see what, you know, Danny Vandenboom and, and Chase Wolf look like. I mean, we just haven't gotten a whole lot of chances to look at them 
you know, running a, uh, you know, a first team or a second team offense with, you know, Alex Horn when he was on campus, uh, you know, Alex Hornbrook was getting all those first team reps and it kind of, you know, uh, the, there's just not a whole lot left over when you have an entrenched starter like that. And so I'm curious to see what, you know, Danny Vandenboom looks like in his, you know, coming up on his third year in the program and Chase Wolf will be coming off the red shirt season. And, uh, you know, I, I want to see how they look. I, I, I don't think this is one of those, you know, quarterback situations where right away you can kind of rule anybody out. I mean, the the Badgers, from what I from what I've been told and what I know, I mean, like they like all the guys that are left in there still. Yeah, and I would agree with you too. I'm I'm glad you brought that up about you know Van and Boom, who you talked about, John. You know, his gap with Jack Cohn, you know, from the people that you've talked to, isn't that significant. You know, Chase Wolf was kind of the forgotten guy in all this. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he was a pretty highly recruited kid. Uh, coming out of high school, obviously redshirted this past season. I think he gives you a little bit something different. He, maybe he's the most athletic quarterback of of the four that they have right now. Um, so you know, he, I'm as as excited to see you know Chase Wolf this spring as I am probably Graham Mertz to be to be really honest with you. And I think that you know if, if you do see Mertz make a big jump, I don't think that we'll see that this spring. I think we'll see that maybe in fall camp because. You know, when, when you come in as a true freshman playing that quarterback position, trying to digest that playbook, um, you know, that, that's just an awful lot to do. So I think the spring's going to go really quickly for him. But if he makes a big jump, I would expect that to happen somewhere midway through fall camp. Yeah, I would agree. And I, I, just touching back on, on uh, Chase Wolf, the one thing that was different about him was that um, I think he uh, he wanted to uh, play out his his full um, high school career, and so he did not enroll early last year. And so the last fall was the first semester that he was on campus, uh, you know, for those preseason workouts. And so you know, as a result of that, uh, I don't know that I've ever seen uh, Chase Wolf, you know, get a. Uh, a snap during a, a practice that was, uh, you know, not just, you know, uh, freshman and redshirt freshman. And so I'm curious to see if he can get in there. I, I want to see, you know, um, you know what it's kind of like what you were talking about, what kind of a different element that he can in because uh, I think Cone and, and Vandenboom and, and Mertz to an extent are all kind of in a similar mode or, you know, and so it'd be interesting to see if you have a different, um, a different model there what that what that would look like if he were to you know get some reps and see what he could do with them right yeah I, you know the whole thing is is intriguing and uh you know with with hornerbrook out of the way now if you would ask me you know a week ago will graham mertz be wisconsin's starting quarterback i would have said no now you know the door just kind of seems to be cracked open just a little bit there and it, it's just gonna be it's gonna be an intriguing spring where i don't think anything is going to get really decided and then fall camp. I mean, I've, it just it's going to be an, an exciting off season at the quarterback position for Wisconsin. Uh, people should be excited about Mertz, but like we talked about, I think there's there's three other guys uh, who are pretty you know pretty legit contenders for that starting job as well. So um, I'm excited for camp to to open this spring in just a couple of days. Yeah, and so uh, we'll have plenty of stuff up on that when spring camp opens. They they start their first practice on uh, March 26th, so coming up on uh, just about three weeks away from that. Uh, but before we uh, um, spend too much time on football, uh, basketball is uh, just about to wrap up uh, their regular season. The Badgers are uh, you know not uh, they're not in uh, contention for a regular season um, you know Big Ten title anymore or anything like that. I don't know how uh, realistic that was. There was probably a two or three day window in there where. You know, look like if they had uh, 
won a couple of different games, then they might have been a little bit closer to that conversation. But they are uh, pretty firmly in the mix for that number four spot in the uh, in the Big Ten conference. And you know, in doing so, that you know, if they uh, are alone in that four spot, they would earn a double buy in the Big Ten tournament, which is the end of next week. Uh, basically, I think uh, with uh, Maryland's loss to Michigan the other night, uh, Badgers just need to win their last two games, uh, their last home game against Iowa, which is uh, this coming Thursday, and then their final road trip of the year to uh, Ohio State on uh, March 10th. And so, you know, uh, I think getting back to that uh, – that number four spot, I think it's a, I think it's reasonable, you know, especially considering the the games that Maryland has lost. Uh, John, what do you think? Do you think that they can pull this off and uh, you know close out the season on a high note to earn that double buy? I mean, I think we've seen you. You were texting me uh, during the game, um, you know, over the weekend, and it, it, this is just a team that I feel like it's just hard to get a read on. Um, and so I'm curious as to get your take on how you think they're going to finish out this the rest of this regular season here. Yeah. You know, those texts I sent you were confidential. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think it is a tough team to get a read on, you know, with the way that they got out of the gates, uh, you know, in kind of the preseason tournaments that they played in, you know, they looked really sharp and, you know, they won a ton of games. They played Virginia really tough and going into big 10 play, you're like, Oh wow. You know, this team is back and, you know, they, they kind of play well and then they struggle and then they play well and they struggle. And, you know, even in that game against Penn State, obviously, you know, it's a win in the Big Ten is a win in the Big Ten. But, you know, they just they struggle at points. And then, you know, the, the inconsistencies with, with free throw shooting and, and stuff like that, it's just like you said, John, it's an odd team to figure out. But I think, you know, at the start of the season, if you would have said this Wisconsin team right now is going to be 20 and nine with a really good shot to finish in the top four of the Big Ten conference, I think just about every Wisconsin fan would have taken that. So um, I, I don't know, you know, how, how much of a run this team can make in, in the Big Ten tournament, in the NCAA tournament. I'm, I think I'm a little bit more pessimistic about that, but I, I think it does speak to to this group to bounce back and be, you know, a, a team that won 20 games this year after as much as you kind of experienced last year in terms of losing and the streaks being broken and stuff like that. So I think overall it's a pretty good rebound, but, I just don't know how much this team's going to do tournament-wise. Yeah, I think the thing that um, you know holds them back is you know obviously you, I think it's easy to focus on the the free throw shooting, but I, I mean that's a that's a pretty important uh, part of the game, and you know it's it's one of those things that you know if you can score when um, when the clock is stopped, it, you know just by uh, attacking the basket or um, you know adding on a, a free throw to a, a a bucket or something like that. I mean, like that just, it, that goes a long way to kind of evening out, you know, those dry spells on offense. I mean, like, it's not that, you know, the, in years past, this Wisconsin team was, you know, so offensively consistent that they never had a dry spell or anything, but when they shot those free throws, well, I mean, it, it was, they were able to kind of ride those out a little bit better and you could kind of fall back on that, fall back on your defense and, you know, uh, just being a little bit more aggressive and, you're just trying to, to get to the line to kind of uh, get you through some of those rough patches until some shots started to fall. And that's just not an element that the, the team has right now. Uh, I, I think I'm optimistic about their ability to to lock up that that uh, number four seed, uh, fourth place finish in the Big Ten, just because, I you know, in getting Iowa at home, I mean, they, they beat Iowa once on the road. Iowa has also been kind of up and down. Um, you know, a trip to Ohio State never seems like a you know a walk in the park, but the Badgers have been pretty good on the road this year, and I think you know they've uh, at least in in um, 
talking to them, I mean, they, they've been pretty open about, you know, they, the goals of theirs, like finishing in the top four and earning that double buy are well within their grasp this year. And they know what it's like to, you know, finish out a season and not still have those opportunities around for them. And so I think this is going to be a pretty uh, driven and motivated group to, to go in there and to, you know, do what they can to get the job done. Um, but I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't know what to expect as far as when it comes to one and done time through, you know, the, either of the tournaments that they'll be in. I mean, I think a lot of it depends on the matchup. Um, you know, they got, they have a very good defense that they can fall back on. Uh, I don't think any team is going to be thrilled in the NCAA tournament or in the big 10 tournament to draw Wisconsin, just because of, you know, Ethan Happ, you never want to draw a team that has an all American player like that. But a lot of it's, I think, going to depend on you know if they can get some of their shots to fall. And I think, in particular, you got to look at guys like Demetri Trice and Brad Davison to kind of step up a little bit because they've had a bit of a dry spell over the last couple weeks or so, and just see if they can get some of their three pointers and long uh, two point jump shots to fall. Yeah, that, that's a good point about Davison and Trice, and uh, you know even highlighted it a bit more with you know the game against Penn State where you know Brevin Pritzel played so well. And, you know, Kobe King gives you a little bit something different from, from those starting guards that you have. So, um, you know, do, do you increase Pritzel's minutes, um, you know, with, with him shooting the ball, ball so well? And, you know, Kobe King, like I said, I think he, he gives you someone that can get to the rim a little bit too. So, you know, if – like, you know, you mentioned as a, as a whole, this team plays pretty good defense. But, you know, if Trice and, and Davidson aren't giving you much offensively, I wonder how much more time gets allocated to, to Pritzel and, and King. So – uh, you know, there's there's a lot that goes into that, but you know, ultimately, I think inconsistency is going to plague this team come tournament time. I just, I just don't see where that you know consistent scoring when they need it down the stretch in a tight game is going to come from if it doesn't come from Ethan Happ. And plus, it never it doesn't help that when when Happ is you know a liability on the free throw line. If you're you know in a uh, a tight game at the end where you know teams are going to try and put guys on the free throw line. You never want to have to pull your best player to you know kind of keep them from being able to do that. And uh, I mean, there are situations where I mean, Greg Gard has done that uh, once or twice this year, and I feel like that you know in one and done time, um, you know, that's having him out there you know, where a team could play kind of hack a hap, uh, so to speak, is just not uh, not a good uh, recipe for long term success. Yeah, and you know, I've said it before. If you're Greg Gard, what what more can you do about that? I mean, it, this is really, this is not on the coaching staff. I, you know, there's, believe it or not, these guys shoot practice free throws, you know, constantly. I've watched them, right? Yeah. And you know, Ethan Happ is, is shooting all the extra free throws he can, I, and that's that's not a Greg Gard thing. You know, that that has to be put on the players, and you know, specifically Ethan Happ. I think if you took him. Away from the equation, I think that you know the team would be shooting free throws at a pretty decent clip. But you know, I don't know. It, you know, it's it's a completely mental thing, in my opinion, with with Ethan Happ. And this is year five for him in the program. I don't know that you know if something's going to happen where it all clicks for him. I just think this is something that that you got to ride out, and you hope it doesn't kill you in a close game. You know, either in the Big Ten tournament or or in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll see what happens over the next uh, kind of week and a week and a half or so. I just go in there and we'll find out where they end up getting seated for both tournaments, and we'll have plenty of coverage up on the site uh, for that stuff as well. Why don't we close out, John? I know the Badgers had a couple of 
recruits for football on uh, on campus for uh, the basketball game against Penn State over the weekend. So why don't you break down who they had and uh, any news that you got coming out of that? Yeah, so a lot of the East Coast kids, well, I shouldn't say a lot. Um, there was a handful of kids on campus. Um, and then some of the kids who came from the East Coast are kids who had to cancel their trip in January. Um, I, you know, you, you could argue, you know, one of two guys was the headliner, um, either Cam Large, uh, a junior tight end that they had on campus. Uh, he's been one of the most heavily recruited kids on the East Coast recently. Uh, he picked up an offer from Wisconsin and Penn State, Notre Dame, Texas A&M, Nebraska, Ohio State. So he's, he's kind of blown up this offseason. Uh, the Badgers got him on campus and had a pretty good visit. Uh, they're looking to get him back for an official visit uh, either this summer or this fall. Spent a lot of time with Mickey Turner. Uh, spent a lot of time with, with head coach Paul Chris during his visit. So it sounds like that went real well, and I would expect that the Badgers can probably get one of his five official visits, uh, like I said, either in the summer or the fall. And then, you know, Wisconsin is is kind of dead set on two quarterbacks. Well, I should I should rephrase that. I would expect them to take one quarterback, but they have two pretty solid options right now in Tyler Van Dyke and Parker McQuarrie. Uh, McQuarrie made his first visit to Madison this weekend. Uh, about six foot seven, two hundred fifteen pounds. Uh, has an offer from Wisconsin already, and had a really good visit. Uh, has a good relationship with John Budmeyer, um, and he sounds like he kind of wants to play things out a little bit. He talked about taking some official visits, so I think we'll get a decision from Van Dyke before we get a decision from Parker McQuarrie. So um, it'll be interesting if, if Wisconsin can get one of those two because, like I said, uh, those two have kind of separated from the pack in terms of who Wisconsin wants to get a quarterback in this class. Uh, another kid was uh, Tyler Pekinick, who they got from New Jersey on campus. Uh, he is a kid that doesn't have an offer yet. And then Tyler Fletcher, too, um, an athlete from Nashville who they got on campus. And then they, those guys were joined by commits. Uh, Shimmery DK was there. Dylan Barrett was there. And Trey Wedig was there uh, as well. And, you know, the thing with Wedig, you know, I talked to someone pretty close to him recently, and he's 100% committed to Wisconsin right now. But he picked up a recent offer from Tennessee and a recent offer from uh, Georgia as well. So, um, you know, a lot of the guys that they have committed right now, you know, schools aren't going to stop recruiting them. And a guy like Trey Reddick, who's a top, you know, a top kid in this class, a, a Rivals 100 kid, I would imagine that, you know, more schools come knocking for him because, you know, he's, he's a pretty special talent from here inside the state. Do you think, uh, I, I guess I'm just curious if they have two um, guys at quarterback that have separated a little bit, do you think they have a preference one or the other, or is it just kind of, you know, they, uh, the, they take either one depending on who wants to decide first or, you know, the timetable for that decision, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think if, you know, if Wisconsin, and this is my opinion, I think if Wisconsin had its choice, uh, Van Dyke would probably rank just a little bit higher than McQuarrie. Uh, he, he, his offer came in uh, before McQuarrie's did. So, I mean, he may have been a notch or two above on the pecking order there. Um, so I think if Wisconsin had its preference, it would probably be Van Dyke. But again, I, you know, I would, I would imagine if, if Parker McQuarrie wanted to commit during his visit. Uh, this past weekend that they would have probably accepted his commitment when you know when you get a guy on campus there's always a chance for something like that to happen so um, I, I think they would take either one at this point but uh, preference wise I, I think that Van Dyke grades out just just slightly higher than uh, than uh, McQuarrie at this point 
Okay. All right. Well, good stuff. And uh, I know you've had a lot of stuff uh, from those visits up on the website. So uh, if you're uh, listening to the show, uh, head on over to badgerblitz.com. You can check those out with your uh, premium subscription along with our other spring football uh, previews that are coming up. Uh, remember that uh, that uh, spring session starts on the 26th. Uh, Big Ten tournament is coming up this week, or not this week, but the uh, middle of next week. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, it's just going to be a really busy month on the site and uh, the next couple of weeks as we kind of dive into what I think is going to be one of the most uh, exciting, uh, anticipated spring camps in a long time. No doubt about it. Well, that's uh, that's going to do it for us here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Uh, thanks again for listening. We will talk to you next time on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast.